RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 78. We are on and popping. I'm Tim Loy, president of Valor Fights, joined once again by Justin Watson and Mark Laws for this evening as we get ready to talk some MMA, talk about some local MMA, talk about some national MMA. I'm excited to uh, to begin to, to give our gambling advice tonight, so that'll be cool. Uh, Mark, how's it going, man? Doing great. Excited to be down here at the home headquarters in studio. That's right. Mark Laws is on in studio tonight at the uh, in the mothership itself. And uh, of course, we've got Justin Watson on the line as well. Justin, how's it going, man? You're back from the beach. Oh, yeah. I just got home. Happy to so, be uh, uh, back in my bed. <laughs> so you, uh, Justin, just spent uh, the week down in Vero Beach in Florida. little rest and relaxation. Well-deserved, I'm sure. So tonight we've got uh, we've got one interview coming up here in just a bit. We've got uh, Chandler, the Hammer Cole, the reigning Valor Fights heavyweight champion. We're going to talk to him as he gets ready to uh, take on his next challenge, which will be next weekend in Atlantic City, New Jersey, for the MMA Pro League. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we're also going to uh, break down uh, the UFC pay-per-view this weekend. It's UFC 228. And uh, we've got two big title fights and, and a whole lot more to, to talk about there. Uh, we're going to give you our, uh, our our gambling advice as well as our DraftKings uh, daily fantasy selections as well. So uh, stay tuned for that a little bit later. Uh, but before we get to talking to Chandler Cole here in a little bit, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Of course, last week we talked about um, the two main events that were going on this past weekend. Of course, it all started Thursday evening with the final regular season um, <clears throat> the final regular season event for the Professional Fighters League. It was PFL number seven, and there was a lot of playoff implications on the line here. Uh, and they had, you know, up until this point, they, they had been doing uh, events that were centered around just two weight classes, but this one was a, a good uh, hodgepodge of all kinds of weight classes. Lots of finishes, uh, a lot of good fights, uh, you know, and it, it all started off with a, a huge uh, uh, knockout uh, by, by Mo Reese out of florida he uh, remains undefeated climbs to six and zero as he uh, hits a huge uh, knockout of leroy johnson uh then a ramazan uh, kuramagamedov wins the unanimous decision over robert hale who we just spoke with last week uh hale very confident going into that fight uh ramazan was very good very tough um really attacked him with uh, leg kicks that uh, Hale wasn't ever really able to find an answer for. But very game, you know, uh, Hale still had a very good showing, had had made a good accounting of himself. Uh, Back to the drawing board, I know he will be uh, very motivated to get that taste out of his mouth and get back to his winning ways. Also, uh, Omar uh, Nurmagomedov with a decision, unanimous decision, over Sidyukub Kekharmanov. (laughs) <laughs> got that one out of the way. It's all downhill from here. Uh, Emiliano Sorti with a 16-second uh, knockout of Jason Butcher. I uh, was watching the highlight of that, and at first I thought he hit him with a hook to the body. But I guess uh, upon further review, maybe it was to the 
to the side of the head because Butcher came up, you know, trying to get the referee. So he was definitely not clear in his head. And I don't suppose a, a body shot would have done that. So uh, a big uh, knockout uh, by Emiliano Sorti. Uh, side of Usai uh, with a with a, a TKO uh, over uh, former UFC vet Cal Magalhesh in the first round. Cal Allen Carr with a unanimous decision over the always tough Mike Kyle. Uh, also, uh, we saw Handison Fahea with a 20 second knockout of Paul Bradley. And Bradley's a tough guy, really good wrestler. But in there was some some good people, so uh, big win there. Uh, for the Brazilian, uh, and then another Brazilian rolls is uh, Alexander Bezeja. He uh, he wins with a, a fly, another flying knee, a, a second flying knee knockout on this one. First round over Magomed uh, Idrisov, and then uh, another very impressive one in the co-main event: Bozigit Atiev with a uh, with a first a spinning heel kick that was placed just superbly uh on sean o'connell's body uh he had that delay reaction and then uh, uh the russian really poured on uh some very accurate pinpoint strikes to uh, finish off o'connell there in the first round and then in the main event uh, another uh, light heavyweight bout is uh, the fight was stopped uh, by the doctor. There was an eye injury to Jamie Abdullah, but he was really taking it from uh, Smilino Rama. And uh, that wraps up the uh, PFL, and it also wraps up their regular season. A lot of these guys are going to be moving on to the playoffs. Uh, Justin, what stood out to you uh, in, on this uh, on this card? Um, probably the Sean O'Connell fight. Sean's already uh, made his, his run to the tournament. Ostev hasn't. Um, then getting that first round knockout that puts him in the playoffs. Um, so you might see them fight again. Both of them had ten knockouts coming into this fight, so that was it was you know pretty sure bet that somebody was going to sleep. Didn't really think it was going to be from a spinning back kick to the liver though. So you know Sean O'Connell also double he pulls double duty. He does the commentary as well for PFL. So uh, you know uh, props to him for you know really taking on a lot. That's um, a lot on someone's plate to prepare for both uh, mentally and then physically, of course, for uh, for the fight. Really impressed with the uh, the accuracy of the strikes from uh, Atayev. Uh, that guy's going to be he's going to be a handful for anyone really. Mark, what was uh, what stood out to you? Uh, definitely the motor motorese uh, knee that was that was unbelievable, especially to start the night out like that. I mean, that guy laid on his face for a minute. It looked like he'd been shot. Um, matter of fact, I never saw anybody ever come in there and get him up. He he may still be there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I read that uh, Leroy Johnson, who uh, was the unfortunate victim there, uh, I think he did need some uh, some serious medical attention there, and just a a really big way to start the the show off for motorese who improves to six and zero. Oh. Uh, and uh, we'll see if, the, if he's back in the PFL. You know, I don't think that fight was a uh, uh, points match, if you will, as far as uh, for the uh, PFL standings in the playoffs. But, uh, the, you know, the PFL will take a break now. Uh, they won't be back until October the 5th, a, uh, here in about a month, and that will begin the playoffs. And that will be their first time also, I believe, going to New Orleans. And so uh, most of their events have been, it seems like, in the, the north. Uh, you know, the Midwest, Northeast. So this will be down in New Orleans, and that will be the first of their uh, playoffs. Really excited for that. Uh, if there is, uh, you know, the playoff atmosphere uh, in all sports just kind of uh, takes things to another level, and these guys are fighting for a million bucks now. So yeah, I think we're really going to see guys laying on the line now with, uh, you know, in the regular season, I guess you could take a loss and maybe still 
come back and, and, and do something with it. But uh, now that's not the case. If you lose, you're gone. And so really excited to see how that shapes up. And uh, as we get closer, maybe we'll, we'll do some sort of degenerate competition here on the Valor <laughs> Hour with it. Uh, and then, of course, after that, uh, Saturday night, we had Invicta FC 31, and that went down Kansas City at the Scottish Rite Temple. And uh, that was another uh, another exciting card. You know, uh, the uh, the Invicta shows there's usually a lot of decisions. And there were some decisions in this one, but there was a lot of finishes as well. And, uh, you know, the first fight uh, ends in a draw. Actually, it was a really odd fight. Audrey Wolf and Holly Salazar, I think Audrey Wolf uh, was kind of cruising on her way to uh, a, a close decision, but I had her winning. And then she really pulled just a really inexplainable move. She was in the dominant position and, and just blatantly headbutts uh, Salazar and, uh, and you know the referee was he had to take a point there it was very obvious and very blatant and that was the difference most likely uh, and most definitely it was it was the difference in, in, in a win for Wolf versus uh, what ended up being a draw. Uh, Kay Hansen uh, improves to three and one very very good prospect at only 19 years old and finishes Helen Peralta who had up to that point was undefeated talking a little bit of talk coming into this one was Peralta uh, Kay Hansen uh, gets the finish via ground and pound in the uh, third round pretty late in the third round there was only there's less than a minute left and so she climbs to three and one uh, Kelly D'Angelo gets back on the winning track with a unanimous decision over Lindsey Van Zant and I think that was one that uh, I think a lot of people pegged Kelly as the underdog there and she kind of went in there with a chip on her shoulder and, and got it done she she was constantly working for submissions showed great striking great boxing and uh, and gives Van Zant her first loss uh, Miranda Maverick with a first round submission via armbar over Victoria Leonard to or Leonardo I'm sorry to uh, improve to four and one uh, Mallory Martin climbs to four and two with a first round ground and pound uh, TKO victory over Ashley Nichols uh, then the fight that we were all excited for, uh, Lisa Spangler with a split decision over the Shanimal, Shanna Young. We're going to get back into that one a little bit more here after I run down the, the co-main event and the main event. Very good fight, probably the fight of the night. Um, very close and controversial split decision, i got to say, um, with at least one of the scorecards. Uh, <clears throat> in the co-main event, Pearl Gonzalez, UFC vet. Uh, it climbs to nine and three with a unanimous decision over uh, Diane Firmino. And then in the main event, it was for that strawweight championship. And uh, Verna Janjaroba gets a uh, second round arm triangle choke after just being all over uh, Janessa Morgin and for <laughs> the entirety of the fight. She's a, she's a little bulldog and, uh, and, and climbs to 14 and 0. Very impressive. Mark, what, uh, what stood out to you? You know, Kelly D'Angelo, of course, always going to stick out, just coming from our Valor uh, product here. And it's she did really well, you know, win that by decision. She looked really good on the ground. Everything looked crisp. Glad to see her come out with the, the win. Justin, what was your thoughts on this Invicta card? What stood out? Um, I thought Lisa Spangler looked really good. She had, you know, good fundamental boxing that she just kind of stuck to the whole time. Uh, I don't think it was enough, you know, to win the decision. I uh, uh, she got it. Um, I thought she lost uh, first and third round, uh, but it was a good fight. You know, I thought uh, I agree. Uh, I actually thought that there this was a split decision. Two judges had it uh, 29-28 for Sp uh, Spangler. And, I'm sorry. Uh, one judge each had it 29-28 uh, for Spangler and then one for Shanna. And then the the third judge had it 30-27 for Spangler, which was a really far stretch, I would have to think. And 
you know, obviously we're a little biased. We're rooting for Shannon out here. Uh, but I honestly thought there was an argument for Shannon to have a 30-27. Uh, just, you know, you never know what judges are looking for. But, um, you know, Shannon showed a much different uh, fighting style than what we've seen out of her in the past. Uh, you know, she's got great wrestling credentials and really was only going for takedowns towards the end of the rounds to kind of maybe, you know, just kind of seal the deal on the, on the, on the scorecards. But, um, you know, threw a lot of kicks. Uh, showed great cardio, uh, great quickness, moved around the cage really well, uh, good aggression. Um, <clears throat> the Spangler, to her credit, stayed in the pocket there in, in most all of those exchanges. And, I, you know, she, she had some uh, some uh, uh, some cage positional moments where she or she had cage control and would have Shanna's back to the cage, uh, not doing a whole lot of damage there, but still, I guess, uh, showing showing some positional control. Uh, she did have uh, one one takedown uh, or it wasn't takedown. She knocked her down with a leg kick and then got her back. But the, literally was not able to inflict any damage before Shannon was able to get up. So uh, one of those where, yeah, kind of a head-scratcher, disappointing for Shannon, but it seemed like the Invicta Brass uh, was uh, very impressed and, and pleased with that fight, and so I'm sure she'll get more opportunities there, um, and I'm sure she'll be uh, more than motivated to, uh, to make up for that first loss as a professional. And that wraps up our Invicta uh, 31 uh, recap. Another uh, exciting night for Invicta. One of the better ones, actually. You know, sometimes uh, I find myself uh, zoning out a little bit in some some of the fights that don't have as many hitters. But uh, this one definitely delivered. It was a good it was a good card. So props to Invicta, and I believe they'll be back in November. We'll talk more about that in the fall. And uh, with that, that wraps up our recap, and we will uh, move on to our interview uh, we have for this evening and uh, get Mr. Chandler Cole on the line. All right, on the line, we have Chandler the Hammer Cole, one of the nation's top rising heavyweight prospects as he gets ready to run back into action just uh, about a week and a half from now. Uh, Chandler, how's it going, man? going good but i actually have some bad news oh no I have some really bad news is it yes, breaking uh, it's breaking news you can it's only hear it here news. on the valor hour <laughs> yes i had to uh i had to pull from my fight uh oh no only the people yes only the people uh in, in cali really knew uh during my training camp uh i got shingles Oh, and, uh, painful. yeah, and it, it it really got in the way of my training, and uh, it that left me with a, just a couple of weeks to really get ready. So uh, I talked to my agent, and uh, we uh, we really sat down and uh, we thought about it, and we said that it's probably best not to. If I could go into the fight a hundred percent, well, which you never fight at a hundred percent, but. Uh, uh, you know, just I didn't get the the right preparation, so yeah, had to uh, had to back out of it. Right on. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, that blows a lot of my questions out of the water tonight, but we'll we'll wing it because that's that's what we do. Of course, uh, Chandler uh, was scheduled to fight next uh, next weekend in Atlantic City, as you just heard it here from the man himself. Uh, an unfortunate case of the shingles has blocked that. I hate to hear that, man. And I know uh, why well, I don't know because thank God I've never had them, and hopefully I never do. But I've heard, and lots of people have told me that the shingles are uh, a bitch. Oh yeah, they were horrible. Uh, and you know they popped up on my forehead. Uh, I, which I got down to California and uh, instantly. Uh, I I had a really bad uh, experience on my way down there because uh, 
I decided I wanted to be a big boy and book uh, my fight and stuff by myself this time. Oh. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I booked it. <laughs> and uh, when I got to Denver, uh, they made, they informed me that I would have to pay again to uh, to get my luggage onto the uh, to the plane that I was supposed to take later that night. So I waited around, and uh, they said I couldn't uh, check in until six hours prior for my uh, my flight. So I go to check in, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're sorry to inform you, but you're actually uh, your flight's not until nine a.m. tomorrow." Oh wow! So then they. Yeah, so then they wouldn't let me back into the airport until uh, the next morning. And uh, so I was sleeping on the outskirts of Denver Airport on the benches and stuff. Yeah, until the next day. uh, And uh, then I got down there, and as soon as I got back, uh, I got to L.A. probably around 12 o'clock the next day. And uh, I took an Uber from there straight to Timo Yama to the gym. And uh, jumped straight into a training session. So, uh, and then from there, uh, financially having to pay uh, that twice. I was right waiting on my uh, job to pay me from back home. Uh, so I went and bought groceries. And for about a week and a half, I only had eighty nine cents in my bank account. So oh, nice. I had just a ton of stress on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a good experience. You know, uh, <laughs> not the. Not the uh, it's it was a good experience because it it was a really good chance to put myself in a very uncomfortable position and I think that's a lot of people uh, are so used to being comfortable that when they are put in uncomfortable positions they break and you know now looking back at it I'm glad I went through that because I made it through it you know what I mean I, I made it out with shingles but you know I, it was <laughs> hey it just it was adds to, it adds to the story. <laughs> <laughs> it adds to the story. So I, the only thing I can guess is just the stress from the the intense practices because the practices were crazy hard. So I think, you know, with that and the practices and just uh, wondering when my job was going to drop, you know, money in my bank account, just all that together just really put a lot of stress on my body. And uh, that's when I had that little outbreak and it broke out, uh, sadly, on my face because, you know, that's my money maker. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> really, really prevented me from getting good workouts. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it would best case scenario, just, uh, you know, maybe cancel this one and then try to try to get something uh, within the next couple months. Because uh, hopefully next season I can get on the contender series. That's a, that's the goal. Sure. So, uh, okay. So, so you ended up being, uh, still able to get some good workout, uh, out there. It sounds like you said it was some of the most, uh, intense, uh, intense, uh, practices you've gone through. Uh, is that something you felt like you needed? You know, is it something you felt like you've been getting it a little easy, uh, with the people that are familiar, that you're, that you are familiar with, I should say at home, uh, you know, getting that push from that, that next level of, uh, you know, athlete out there, uh, you know, do you feel you feel like that's something that, that, that you really needed? Uh, I'll start off by saying this. I was there for three weeks and lost right at 20 pounds. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I'm already underweight for heavyweight again. Uh, I haven't done that in a year and a half and yeah, I think I needed that. Uh, a lot of people, uh, it's not it's not a surprise that I gained a lot of weight over the last two years. And, I, you know, I used to fight at 205, and I was sitting there talking uh, to uh, Coach Oyama about my future and what he thinks I need to do. And he had just uh, 
he 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 told me that he thinks it'd be really good for me to uh, work my way back down to 205. So when I got down there, I started dieting and stuff. And, you know, I'm not much of a runner. I hate running. Uh, but it was one of those things where when you're 2,000 miles away from home and your coach says, run or go home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's one of those things where you have to. It was kind of – the only thing I could really, like, uh, compare it to is probably, like, boot camp, like, going off to the military. Uh, except, like – there was no way of me coming home. You know, you can drop out of boot camp. Yeah, there was no way. There was no way of me coming home. Uh, but, you know, I really, it was such a great experience because I, I started getting back into shape. And even through my, you know, even when you get shingles, you're not allowed to uh, to touch anybody because it's contagious. So uh, outside, even on my antibiotics, me feeling sick, I would still try to go outside and do drills. And it was probably the worst feeling I've ever went through in my life. Oh wow! Cause, uh, you, yeah, because I, I felt that bad. But and, you, and this back is at it a, now, you're a guy that's wrestled his whole life. Yeah, I, I've wrestled my whole life, but just being sick and being on antibiotics and just like not feeling good. Uh, I mean, it was it was tough. It was it, it physically physically. I've I've been through a lot, so like I can't really compare it to like college wrestling practices. It was the mental side, the mental side of wanting to break. That that was really what got me, and uh, it really, it was that next, it was that next level, it was that next level shit for real. <laughs> uh, and that's that's why I'm so good. So now I'm back home. You know, I can't fly next week because, uh, of course, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I'm in better shape than what I have been. But you know, for this being, because uh, I'm in a position right now where I need to be in great shape for all my fights because you never know when that call is going to happen. So uh, you know, I can't even in the Aaron Bush fight. I came out and we were throwing bombs and I really, I was, you know, I was impressed with the pressure I put on him, but from here on out, I got to be in great shape. Uh, I got to try to really, really, uh, bring the full package to the table because I'm in the position now where what if I get a phone call, you know, three weeks out, Hey, we had a guy drop out. You mind step in UFC fight, not this. Do I really want to be that guy that wastes an opportunity because I wanted to be a fat ass, you know? So uh, I've really been working on running and stuff and getting back in shape. So uh, the trip, this trip, uh, I went down there the first time and it was really good, but this trip has really changed uh, my my mindset and stuff a lot. So yeah, it was it was a great experience. Justin, you've uh, seen uh, several of Chandler's fights and judged some of them potentially. I'm not sure what you got for him. Uh, yeah, I was there for the Aaron Bush fight for sure. Um, so now that now that you don't have anything lined up, you think you're going to be defending that Valor strap? Uh, I definitely want to. Uh, so that's something uh, I just talked to Tim about. But, you know, one thing I would really like to do is, you know, now I'm at the point where this weight's falling off. So now there's uh, some options, uh, you know, to talk about. Of course, everybody knows uh, – I my girlfriend's pregnant and she's due in December. So I really want to be, I'm going to be a fighter and train my ass off. But at the same time, I got to be a, a, a good boyfriend and uh baby daddy to my girl. And I really got to uh, focus on, you know, being a good dad. And then uh, as soon as I get settled in, I'm ready to fight again. Cause now I'm trying to make money and make a living off this. So uh, yeah, I would love to defend the strap. 
And then after I defend it, maybe even uh, I know Tim's working on that cruiserweight division. Uh, I would love to even pop off a cruiserweight fight and then keep dropping it. I'd like to do a 205 fight. So uh, whatever lines up, uh, me and Tim talk on on the regular. So uh, we'll we'll talk about possible opponents, possible situations, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, for sure, for sure, uh, I am I'm definitely on Team Valor for sure. They've always been good to me. So I'm trying to put on shows for them. Try to really put on a really good yeah. performance. Yeah, it'd be good to see. Be, be good to see you come back. Congratulations again on uh, being a dad. Yeah, it's change your world it, for sure. I, yeah, I've won a lot of belts and stuff, and you know, I've I've wrestled and won championships, but you know, and I've prepared for a lot of big fights and big tournaments, but nothing has really turned my gut like <laughs> getting ready for this whole dad life. Uh, I'm nervous, but if I, tr- you know, I feel like. Uh, a lot of times uh, on big stages, I've really stepped up, and I feel like it's going to be the same. I just, I just, the way that your kid acts is a reflection on yourself. So I hope that I can, I can really, it's, it's my job to create a, a, a good human being. You know, too many kids nowadays are little punks. So I feel like the ball's in my court, and I got to play well. So I, I just, I just hope that I can be the dad that I, I really, really, really expect myself to be. That's awesome, man. It's good to hear. Uh, do you know what you're having yet? A uh, little girl. Little girl. Awesome. Congratulations so again, I got about 13, I got about 13 years of, uh, 13 years of daddy's little girl. And then I got about, uh, after that, you know, it's going to be, uh, uh, mini strokes all the time. I feel like with little boys <laughs> yeah. running around. I'm, <laughs> so I feel like I'm good until about 12 or 13. So I got 12, 13 years to play the, Daddy's little girl, and then after that, I feel like hormones are gonna start kicking in, and Daddy's gonna be scaring little boys. <laughs> yep, month six, so I'm halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, man, uh, you, you know, I, I I I like that 225 class for you as well. You know, I think that's kind of that nice middle ground where. Uh, you know, you can you can still kind of keep that quickness advantage that you have over a lot of heavyweights, uh, you know, while you work yourself down to uh, getting in that ideal uh, cutting range for 205, you know. Uh, I think I think that's a really good idea. And I also want to tell you, uh, as from experience, uh, you know, the fatherhood thing is it's a it's a life changer for sure. And it's going to give you so much more. Like you're a motivated guy. People that know you and know and have listened to you know that you're a motivated person. Just uh just in general, but this is going to add another level, man. This is going to add another level of motivation that you didn't even know you had. So, uh, so look forward to that. You know, it gives you it gives you something to fight, something to fight for. No, oh, I know, man. And you know, and uh, and I'm not just saying this because she just walked in and she's standing here. Uh, I'm not trying to give brownie points, but I do have a really good uh, girlfriend that uh, I'm blessed to be able to bring a kid in this world with, and. Just uh, and she supports me a lot. You know, she, it 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 takes a very special person to just you know be like, hey, yeah, go to California. You know, you can go to California for a couple weeks. I'm pregnant, but you know, I know this is your dream. So it takes a really special person to just understand that and support you. So uh, everything's falling into place, and I'm just super excited. Uh, and uh. Another thing, Tim, I didn't mean to ask you, did you watch the first episode of Ultimate Fighter? I did. I, me and Mark were just talking about that. Uh, for 
anyone I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but uh, there's a guy on the show that well, I, I have to grapple. <laughs> and I and and I smacked him around. And I'm not gonna say what order he got picked, but he got picked pretty soon on the little lineup. And That's I was sitting there thinking <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll say that. I'll say that, but I was sitting there thinking like, okay, you know, my time's coming. Because I made him look like a punk, you know. So I just want to throw that out there, uh, publicity. Because I know this thing gets a lot of a lot of listens. So no, nah, but uh, I know I'm in. Uh, one thing that uh, I want to defend my belt for the simple fact that I know that Ben Rowland uh, really held me up. If that makes sense, from fighting for it for a long time. But I would definitely, I'm definitely losing a lot of weight right now, and I think the 225 strap would be a nice little thing. So it's just something we'd have to talk. It's, it's at the end of the day, this is a business. So uh, I would like to see what would bring the most attention to the show. You know what I'm saying? Like what does, what does, what does the MMA world want to see the most? Do they want to see Chandler def- defend the heavyweight title first? Or would they like to see me cut to 225 and fight for a 225 belt, you know? Cause, and do they want to see me possibly be double champ, or would they want to see me be a defending champ first? So we'll see. That is, would you know how I am? I'm a social media guru, so I'll <laughs> I'll slide in the attention of the MMA world and see. But uh, yeah, definitely, I'm excited to. I just want to fight again. Um, I know I got a lot of stuff going on, and I know I'm gonna be held up for a couple months. But as soon as uh, everything's taken care of, I'm I'm back to work, back to get ready. And I'm I, which I'm I'm staying ready right now. Like I said, I've I've done lost uh, a good little amount of weight and uh, starting to run again. And I feel good and I'm moving good. So we'll see. Until then, just uh, I'm just gonna keep working, and who knows, I might make special appearances to the uh, November show. Uh, hey, there you go. Cotton- yeah, we got we've got Valor fifty three at uh, Cotton Eye Joe on November second. So you come on up there and uh, and sit with me up there. We got we're gonna have some pro fives. We might I don't know. I'm we started uh, something <coughs> kind of swirling around the pipeline today that could I, I can't say too much about it because I would I, it all jinx myself. It probably won't happen anyway. But uh, if we can if we can make it happen, it'll probably be of, of pretty good interest to you with all of the talk that we've been we've been talking. So. Stay tuned to that. Before I let you give your shout outs and all that, though, I want a uh, I want a, one of your one of your uh, training partners at Team Oyama is in action this weekend. Uh, the Cookie Monster, Carla Esparza. Quick prediction there. Uh, Carla, she's gonna win. Uh, a lot of she's people tough. don't know this, but she's tough. And I think after that bullcrap call against Claudia, uh, I th- I think she easily beat Claudia, but. Uh, you know, what we see, what judges see are two different things. But, uh, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to her. She's a, a crazy hard worker, you know, and a lot of people separate men's and women's uh, MMA. But when you are when you go and see someone who's on that level uh, of uh, competition and you see how much dedication and time and hard work she puts into it, you, you completely understand why she's a world champ or, you know, she was a world champ. And uh, I'm just excited to see her fight. And I, I was down there for a lot of her training camp, and she brought people in to work with her, and she's really, uh, really put together a great game plan. And I'm excited to see her fight this weekend. 
Well, before we uh, let you go, man, I'll let you give some shout outs where they're due. Any sort of uh, sponsor love, training partners, all that good shit. I'll let you have it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Beast Coast Unlimited, uh, Turp House, uh, MMA. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Damage Control, uh, who those are my three newest sponsors. And of course, Southern Steel Tattoos. And uh, I wish I had my shirt on me. If I had my shirt on me, I could see all my sponsors. But, you know, those are like the top four right now. And uh, just Park Main on Avenue, the Vapor Shop, uh, Dough Makers, Fishtails. Uh, trying to think of all these people that sponsored me. Uh, but there's a lot of companies that, uh, local companies that really put uh, a lot of uh, uh, time and effort into my career. And they don't have to, but they believe in me. And that's all I ask is uh, for people to believe in the process. And I think people are really starting to, to see that and pick up on it now that I'm traveling and I'm really getting a lot of work in. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my family and my friends who uh, helped me uh, stay sane. And uh, just uh, Coburn in general, the the town I'm from, they're very supportive. And uh, I just love where I, I – I hate that more people aren't doing what I'm doing back home. But as far as my town being behind me, you know, I, I have a lot of people behind me. So I just want to give a big shout-out to them. And Valerie. And Valerie. Well, yeah, yeah. As you know, man, this is a business, and part of the business is getting that social media following up. So, where can, the, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Chandler Cole MMA. Uh, it's real basic. So, I had to change, I had some goofy ass, uh, I had some goofy ass uh, username, and I said, you know what? If I want people to start following me, I need to make it basic. So, Chandler Cole MMA, you can go follow me there. Once again, this has been your reigning Valor Fights professional heavyweight champion, one of the top prospects in the nation, Chandler the Hammer Cole. Be sure you give him a follow on social media. Keep up with what and all he's uh, he's got coming up, including that uh, that little one coming here at the end of the year as he gets to experience fatherhood for the first time. Best of luck with all that. We appreciate the time, Chandler. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, that wraps up our interview, and now we'll dig into the meat of the show. We've got our UFC 228 uh, preview and and betting uh, advice, if you will. Now, I'll preface this by saying this is strictly uh, free advice, and so take it uh, with a grain of salt. Uh, Justin and I, uh, we we do keep up with this shit pretty good, and we gamble on it a lot. So I'll say... uh, you know, we, we we do our due diligence, if you will. However, uh, again, if you lose, don't don't be pissed. Just next time, maybe uh, maybe we'll we'll win it back for you. But now nah, we're, we're we're shooting to win here, and we're gonna we're gonna start keeping up with where we how we're doing. And uh, and so uh, from now to the end of the year, Justin and I will keep a tally of uh, of our picks and what they have yielded or what they have lost. And uh, at the end, we'll also give, uh, for those out there that play DraftKings, uh, the daily uh, fantasy sports, uh, they do uh, several uh, contests for each UFC event, uh, ranging anywhere from as low as a quarter to probably $1,000 if you want to if you want to really play. So uh, we'll, we'll also give our DraftKings lineups here at the end. Uh, this is a big card. This is a 14-bout card. I don't know that I've ever seen a 14-bout card from UFC. Uh, have either of you guys recall one with this many fights? No, it's been a while for sure. 
so there's a lot of fights and, and there's some there's some good ones uh you know there's there's some big favorites and then there's some some close ones so we're gonna see where we can uh, find some value uh where we may it all starts off with the fight pass prelims and uh there's five of those and uh they're starting off with a with a good action fight what i would predict uh frank camacho uh taking on jeffrey neal and that will be at uh, welterweight Frank Camacho is uh, a very good action fighter, uh, always in you know slugfest. He's got good grappling, but he prefers to you know stand in there and, and trade. And, uh, and uh, he, the only thing that it may be a knock is uh, he you know his cardio uh, has slowed a little bit in some some uh, fights, but he's got a great chin, really hard to to get out of there. Uh, but but again, uh, another thing he, he's fought uh, he's fought at 155, so I, I think he could potentially be a little undersized here against Jeffrey Neal, who uh, who won his uh, his uh, last fight against uh, Brian Kamanzi and also uh, really ran through Chase Walden on the Contender Series. So he's beaten some some really good prospects. He comes in as a minus one eighty favorite over Frank Camacho, who returns at, uh, well, plus 145. I'll tell you, we're, we're, first off, I'll preface saying that we are doing, uh, we're using the five dimes uh, betting odds uh, just for uh, reference because, it, you know, different sports books are going to give you different odds. I found five dimes gives you really good ones, though. And, uh, you know, uh, there's other ones out there, of course, and so your mileage may vary. Uh, on this fight, though, um, this fight actually opened uh, originally with uh, Jeffrey Neal as the uh, favorite at minus 230 with uh, Camacho coming back at plus 170. The money's come in on Frank Camacho, though, and so now uh, I'm, uh, now Neal is uh, minus 185 with Camacho coming back at plus 160 with a total of two and a half rounds. Uh, Justin, you got a play on this one? Um, I probably won't be playing it. I don't, hadn't seen enough of either one of them. I'll probably have to take Neal in this one if I were to play, though. Well, I am going to make a play on it, and I think that Jeffrey Neal is the play. I think that he's longer. Uh, I think that uh, he has showed a good knockout power, and Camacho's shown a good chin, so it may not be easy to get out of there, but I think uh, if it does go to a decision, Camacho has started to fade a little bit in those later rounds. Neal is, is more uh, at home at welterweight. Uh, Camacho, like I said, has made 155. So I am going to go with a play on Jeffrey Neal here. Now, uh, we each of us are starting with 10 units uh, to begin to uh, to begin our our scorekeeping, if you will. And uh, units can be whatever you want them to be. Each unit could be 100 bucks. Each unit could be 10 bucks, whatever. So uh, for us, though, we each have 10 units. And uh, on on this fight, I uh, would suggest a play on Jeffrey Neal and uh, would put up. Uh, 1.85 units to win one unit back. <laughs> so uh, I will uh, make a play on Jeffrey Neal, who uh, has the money's coming in the other way. You know, Neal opened at minus 230, so now he's 45 points uh, better uh, as far as your money goes. And I would uh, take Jeffrey Neal uh, for one unit. <clears throat> Moving on to our next bout. Also on the fight pass prelims, uh, this one is a last-minute replacement. Uh, originally supposed to be Ryan uh, Benoit in a flyweight bout against Roberto Sanchez. Uh, now, last minute, it's going to be the monkey god, Jared Brooks, 13-2. and two. Uh, You know, we've seen him uh, fighting a, a lot of guys from out of our area, or guys that we're familiar with anyway. Uh, you know, he, he had a fight uh, in his last one. He, he was doing really well. Uh, against uh, Shorty Torres, but uh, ended up, if, uh, if you recall, he slammed 
he went for a big slam and knocked himself out. Yeah. Uh, and so kind of a, a bad a bad beat there, if ever there was one. He's stepping up on really short notice, good wrestling, um, and a really good motor. And Roberto Sanchez, 8-1 and one himself. Uh, this one, uh, the odds uh, have just come out today, I think. Uh, um, and, and Jared Brooks is a heavy favorite at minus 400. Roberto Sanchez comes back at plus 325. There is no total listed so far. Justin, anything on this? Uh, I'm not going to play on it, now. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, I think that Jared Brooks is a, um, a rightful favorite, but coming in on short notice, you just never know. Uh, Sanchez has been preparing, uh, obviously, but he's been preparing for uh, Ryan Benoit, who's a striker, uh, first and foremost. Brooks was a really good wrestling. I still lean towards Brooks, but I don't want to put four units down to win one. So this is a pass for me. <laughs> pass for both of us, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then our third bout, uh, our first of four female bouts. There's a four female bouts on this card, and they're all pretty pretty good. Um, this one will uh, be a bantamweight contest, and it will uh, feature Irene Aldana, eight and four uh, Mexican uh, product, and uh, she is going to be taking on Lucy Putalova, who is eight and two. And uh, this fight, uh, this fight opened uh, with uh, Putalova as the favorite, minus one thirty, with Aldana coming back at minus one ten. Since then, though, uh, things have changed. <laughs> uh, they've changed uh, pretty much uh, a mirror image now. Irene Aldana now the betting favorite, minus one thirty, and Putalova coming back at plus one ten. So the money uh, coming in on Aldana, the total is. Uh, two and a half, but the over is minus 475. That is very high odds on an over uh, with the under coming back at, at plus 380. So they're really expecting a decision there in this one. Uh, you know, Aldana really, uh, she's tough, man. She's uh, she's former uh, Invicta uh, stalwart over uh, over Invicta. She really was, was running shit there. Originally, this was supposed to be against Beth Cohea, uh, and, uh, and she pulled out, and now uh, it it will be Pudelova and, of course, uh, Aldana coming in off of a win over Toledo Bernardo uh, after she had lost her first two UFC fights, albeit to tough competition, Leslie Smith and Caitlin Chikagian. Justin, what you got, if anything? Um, I'm not playing on it. I think uh, Pudelova might uh, surprise some people, though. You know, I um, I really like Aldon in this one. I think she's just really physical. I think that you know she's so hard nosed, and uh, and and I would uh, actually make a play here again, um, and I would suggest going uh, 1.3 units to win one unit on Irene Aldana. So um, I will put up uh, another one of my units on uh, on Miss Aldana, and hopefully uh, she gets it done. And to tell you the truth. At at the at the odds coming in so high on the under two and a half. I mean, I know a lot of these female fights go to the decision, but uh, I'm going to put a small half a unit flyer on uh, the under two and a half. So I'm going to uh, play a half a unit to get back uh, 1.9 units uh, on an under uh, two and a half. Hopefully, somebody uh, you know pull something off something slick or you never know we may have somebody may get hurt uh, an injury or whatever that's i feel like it yeah, nearly, shingles. Could anything ha- could happen could happen yeah nearly four to one though i'm going to take a flyer on it so uh that will be another half unit for me on the under two and a half plus 380 um you know that 
the odds are what they are. I mean, the, we probably will get a decision, but at those kind of odds, I'm, I'm going to take a shot at it. And um, that will take us on to our uh, our fourth uh, in our fourth uh, prelim, which will be also on fight pass. Again, there's five of those, and. Uh, in that fight, uh, we are going to see uh, lightweight action as uh, one of the uh, you know UFC staples over the the past many years. Uh, Jim Miller uh, he makes his return to the octagon as he takes on Alex White. Jim Miller twenty eight and twelve, of course out of New Jersey. Alex White is twelve and four. I believe he's like out of the uh, like the Arkansas Mississippi area somewhere somewhere in that uh, maybe St Louis uh, somewhere in that you know mid south Midwest area. Uh, the odds for this one opened up as Jim Miller, uh, a small favorite, minus 130. Alex White uh, coming back at plus 110. And uh, since the betting action has uh, come in, the odds have flipped yet again. Vegas odds makers uh, are, have clocked the wrong favorite, according to the betters, is now Alex White is minus 150. Jim Miller coming back at plus 130. Uh, and uh, I guess it's a it's potentially an issue if people think Miller's just shot or not. You know, I don't I think in his prime uh, a few years back, this wouldn't have been a close fight. I think it would. I think Miller would have been probably three to one minus 300. But now uh, as the age has started to catch up with him, it becomes uh, more of a coin toss, uh, as is the total, which is two and a half with the over being minus 130, the under at plus 110. Justin, what you got, if anything? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think this is a good one. I think I'm going to go with Jim Miller on this one. Um, coming off four losses. I mean, he's got to do something. Um, and I think it's, it's good money on, on Jim Miller, like you said. A long time ago, you wouldn't have seen this. I mean, I think didn't you say it started out the other way around? Jim Miller was yeah. uh, the favorite. To start he was with. minus one thirty. Now he's plus one thirty. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's probably good money there. And for one unit. Yeah. So one unit will return 1.3 units on a Jim Miller play. I'm gonna pass on it. Uh, I, I, I feel like. Miller has it in him potentially, you know, to to use his wrestling, get a decision potentially. Still, um, it's just going to come down to whether or not he can he can just be durable enough still uh, to to stand up under the pressure, you know. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I I am going to pass and let Justin have that play on Miller, rounding out the uh, fight pass portion of the preliminaries. It is another welterweight bout and another returning uh, veteran uh, that a lot of people know. The nightmare, Diego Sanchez, uh, will take on Craig White, uh, who is from across the pond. I think Craig White is a guy from Cage Warriors. Um, is Craig White and Alex White, are they brothers yeah, or something? we got two Whites What's back up? to back. I don't know. That is wild. No. angry-looking fools, too. Yeah, right. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think they are. They're related. not related. They are? They're not. Oh, they're not. Okay. Uh, Craig White from England, he is the Thundercat. Yes, he and, is. Uh, and he comes in with a record of 14 and 8. Of course, uh, Diego Sanchez. Uh, no, everyone, you know, everyone knows Diego Sanchez. And he is dream. 27 and 11. Oh, he's the dream now. I stand corrected. Yes. He, he used to be the nightmare. He's it's, it's Diego the, the dream now. So so that's cool. He's always got very – I'm glad this is on Fight Pass because they're going to show the full entrance, whereas it's on FX or Fox yes. Sports. They don't show the full entrance, the walkout. And uh, Diego Sanchez' walkout is always uh, – 
always entertaining to say the least. Uh, Sanchez though is coming off two straight losses, you know, uh, he and he's getting knocked out and he's getting knocked out in the first round. However, uh, you know, he's fighting tough guys. You know, he got knocked out by Matt Brown and Al Iaquinta, which are both really good. Uh, and before that, he had a decision win though over Martin Held. So, uh, you know. That said, that was two damn years ago. Uh, so it's been it's been two years, you know, since Diego Sanchez has won a fight. So um, you know, Craig White, on the other hand, uh, you know, he he was doing really well, I think, in uh, in Cage Warriors. I don't know that that is uh, translated so well over here uh, in the in the UFC proper, but yeah, that Irish guy sucks pretty bad. That dude, yeah, that right. champ champ. <laughs> That guy's well, garbage. That said, Craig White he took his debut uh, in May and it was on short notice and he fought Neil Magny. So and he got so he got he got knocked out, but Neil Magny's <laughs> gonna knock out Diego Sanchez too. I promise. Hundred times out of hundred times. So, so uh, you know it's it makes for uh, you know it, it, somebody may get cut here. You know I, I could see uh, the loser maybe uh, being done with UFC. Uh, Craig White opened at minus two forty-five. Diego Sanchez coming back at plus one seventy-five, uh, and uh, now. Um, uh, Craig White is minus 235, so uh, still staying pretty close to what it was. A little bit of action coming in on Sanchez, who is now uh, now at plus 195. The total is only one and a half for this one, though. Uh, one the, Over one and a half is minus 125, under one and a half, plus 105. Uh, what do you think about this one, Justin? I'd love to see Diego win and then hang him up. The only way he's going to do it is to get a takedown, stay on top, and just try to rely on his ground and pound and ride it out. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. Craig White's probably going to catch him in the first round, knock him out. I'm not going to play on it, but no um, play. I think it's probably going to happen. Yeah. I kind of agree with you, man, to tell you the truth. I, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, at this point, yeah, he's just showed to be, you know, that his chin may be gone. And unless, like you said, he can implement that wrestling and kind of grind on him, uh, you know, that's, it could be another early night. In fact, it's it. it I can't even play the under uh, though because one and a half rounds is is you know maybe Diego is able to last to the second round. Maybe maybe not. Uh, he hasn't yeah. been. But again, he's been fighting much much tougher competition uh, than, than Craig White. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to to pass on this uh, this one as well uh, as far as uh, a straight play goes. However. I am going to play a parlay, and I suggest that you at home play along with me. Uh, Craig White parlayed with the aforementioned Jeff Neal from the first fight. You parlay them together, you get plus 120, and I'm going to say put one unit on a parlay with Craig White and Jeff Neal, you get back plus 120. And uh, that will move us on to the, the... FX portion, if you will, the televised prelims, and we've got four of those, and uh, this is one that we start getting to some pretty good stuff. Not necessarily with this next one, but but, <laughs> but, but, but after that, it starts getting pretty damn good. And this next one could be good too, you know, you never know. And it, the next one is middleweights, and uh, we've got another one of these contender series alums, uh, Charles Bird. He fought for uh, the Dana White Contender Series two times uh, and uh, finally got the call uh, to the UFC, uh, and he is going to be. Uh, Tested in this fight by uh, another uh, another guy from across the pond. Darren Stewart uh, is going to be his opponent. Darren Stewart is eight and three, and he is from East London, England, uh, and uh, or as Charles Bird is from Texas, and he is ten and four. The uh, the odds opened up 
with uh, Charles Bird as the favorite, minus 185, with Darren Stewart coming back at plus 145. So uh, Charles uh, Bird, a decent favorite to open, and the money has continued to roll in on Bird as he is now all the way up to minus 225, with Darren Stewart coming back at plus 185. The total is one and a half. The over one and a half is plus 135. The under is under one and a half is minus 155. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this one, Justin? Um, I'm not touching it. I don't know. Bird's coming off of a win from uh, over Eric Spicely. Before that, he had three losses in a no contest. It's kind of tough to to think that uh, he's going to be able to get it done. But Stewart, I mean, it's, it's Stewart. Um, but Bird isn't much of an opponent either, so I don't know. Yeah, I think this is a hard one to call as well. I I would lean towards Bird uh, potentially subbing him. Uh, but I don't like minus 225 enough to risk it, to tell you the truth. I've always seen Bird, you know, he, I've seen him on a lot of LFA shows and I always just thought of him as kind of a, you know, as kind of a, a little above average guy, you know? So uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll see, but I, I, would, I would lean that way, but I, I wouldn't want to give up the minus 225. And as far as the total goes, it's a hard one too. I would lean uh, slightly towards the over one and a half just to get the plus 135. Uh, but it is going to be a no play for me as well. Next bout, now we do get into some good shit. We've got uh, we've got bantamweights, and this is a good fight here. Uh, bantamweight action uh, featuring Jimmy Rivera, and he uh, Jimmy Rivera is taking on the magician uh, John Dodson, and that is going to be uh, an all action fight. I really think that uh, that's going to be a really high paced fight. Uh, between two uh, two of the best in the world, you know, this is the number five uh, bantamweight uh, in the world against the number seven bantamweight in the world, according to Tapology, anyway. And uh, Jimmy Rivera comes in with a record of twenty one and two. He's got a huge record, man. And uh, you know, fighting out of the Northeast, he's uh, he's a guy that really tore up the end of, uh, the regional scene in the in the Northeast before getting the call to the UFC. And when he got to the UFC, uh, he he ran off five in a row. You know, and he's fought good guys. Marcus Bermage, uh, Pedro Munoz, Yuri Alcantara, Uri Faber, Thomas Almeida. Uh, and, and Almeida and him had, but when they fought, you know, that they both had huge records. Now, but now he's coming off of uh, a finish loss to Marlon Moraes, who who got him out of there in 33 seconds. So, you know, that's the first time that he has lost since 2011. Uh, so who knows how that will affect him mentally? It may, may, it may be the best thing, and he come back just absolutely uh, motivated, you know, to uh, to knock off uh, John Dodson. John Dodson's a guy that you know has been in the UFC for for years now, and he himself is coming off a win over Pedro Munoz uh, back in March. So he's he's been, uh, and he also has a loss to Marlon Moraes uh, himself from last year, but he he went all the rounds, went to a decision. So. Uh, I expect this to be a, a really good fight. Of course, the odds opened up with Jimmy Rivera being a pretty sizable favorite, minus 195, with Dodson coming back at plus 155. Uh, now the money has come in on John Dodson, as now Rivera is down to minus 155, John Dodson plus 135. The total is two and a half, with the over two and a half being a, a big minus 335 mm. for the under two and a half. At plus 275 uh but that said i mean i do probably see a decision in this fight so it's hard to touch that total even with the, the nice payout coming back because it's hard to see a finish from 
from these guys. I think it'll be a good action fight all the way through it, though. And uh, I am going to make a play on this one. And I, feel, I see. I think there's some value in Jimmy Rivera. I, I'm going to bank that he make on him coming back motivated uh, to really uh, get that that loss out of his head, uh, that finish loss, you know, the knockout. I think he's going to really want to put that behind him. And I, I could see this being a decision fight where, you know, Dodson does a lot, but he doesn't ever really hurt him is what, the way I kind of see this going. Uh, so I would uh, put uh, uh, one unit on uh, Jimmy Rivera uh, at minus 155. So I'm going to put up um, 1.55 units to win uh, one unit back on uh, Jimmy Rivera. And uh, I'm also going to do another parlay uh, for everyone out there. And this one is going to be a uh, parlay between uh, Jimmy Rivera and Irene Aldana together. And uh, one unit will get you back uh, 1.9 units. So uh, I'm actually only going to bet a half unit on that parlay to get back uh, 0.95 units. Justin, what you got? I'm going with the dog on this one. Uh, I'm going to go uh, one unit on Dodson. I think uh, I'm banking on Jimmy Rivera just, you know, getting getting a little too scared out there. Dodson's just so fast. I don't think that Jimmy Rivera can really keep up with him, to be honest. Uh, I think that Jimmy did just get caught by, by Marlon Marais. I don't think that we really got to see, you know, how that fight would have played out. Um, but I think uh, he's going to take another L this weekend. So Justin goes with uh, the opposite. He, he, he's got John Dodson plus 135, a nice return if he can get it done. One unit will uh, pay back 1.35 units. And now we move on to uh, our next one, and it's Bantamweights again. And uh, this one's going to be another good one, man. It's, uh, it's Aljamain Sterling. Uh, and he is uh, he's also coming in off of uh, a loss, if I can recall. Um, and man, I hope I'm not incorrect about that. But I, I feel like maybe he took a a, a pretty bad uh, knockout loss too. Uh, I'm looking so at that. Marlon Marais. Okay, so Marlon yeah, Marais does not Marlon Marais. He's just spoiling everybody, huh? Why is he not on the card? Yeah, right. He's already marked yeah. all these rules. So Aljamain Sterling, 15-3, and three, uh, the number nine-ranked Bantamweight worldwide, taking on Cody Stamen, and I'm a big fan of Cody Stamen. He's been on the show before, and he is an all-action fighter. He is uh, a lot of fun and has uh, knocked off some some really good guys. He's 17-1 and ranked number 12 uh, in the world. Uh, Cody Stamen is a guy that he's been the underdog, I feel like, in almost all of his fights, and I've rode him uh, and won just over and over and over with it. He's got three wins in a row, all of these decisions. Decisions uh, over Terry on uh, Ware, uh, Tom Dukanoy, Brian Caraway. This is a step up uh, here, mm-hmm. though, versus uh, Aljamain Sterling. So uh, the odds on this one opened as Aljamain Sterling with uh, the favorite minus 145. Cody Stamen coming back at plus 105. Now um, it, it hasn't changed much. Uh, it stayed pretty close to that. Aljamain Sterling is minus 140. Cody Stamen comes back at plus 120 with a total of two and a half. The over is minus 350, under two and a half, plus 290. Justin? I'm going to go with Aljamain. 1.4 to get back one. Okay, so uh, you like Aljamain Sterling to get this one done, huh? Yeah, I think Yeah, I think he, uh, he needs a big win coming off. He's, he's coming off of uh, a win, actually, to Brett Johns, but um, yeah, I think he needs he needs a good a good top ten win. I think Stamen's in the top ten now. 
Okay, you're right. Sterling uh, beat Brett Johns last, so he is not coming off. He's not coming. So was his last fight the knockout, or was it Brett Johns? No, he, his last fight was Brett Johns, but before okay. that was a knockout. Yeah, the knockout was in December, but okay. it, that was his last loss was, was a knockout to Marlon Rice. Well, I don't think that... Uh... I don't think I'm going to touch this one. Honestly, I would lean towards Stamen, and it's probably me just because I like the way Stamen fights. I, I mean, he's an exciting in-your-face action fighter, but he's going to be giving up, a, I, I think, seven inches of reach uh, to Sterling, and so I don't like that, and I'm going to leave it alone. Um, and I also, as, as juicy as that under two and a half is at plus 90, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to leave it alone because, I, I, you know, Stamen has had all of his fights go to decision. And, uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of just depends on how you how you think the fight's going to go. If Aljamain wins, it's going to be by finish. Yeah, you know, probably probably pretty early. Um, if Cody wins, it's going to be by decision for sure. The the feature bout on uh, FX before you got to pay for the rest of your action is uh, straw weights, and it's going to be another really good one. It's uh, Carla Esparza. The Cookie Monster taking on Tatiana Suarez, and uh, you know Tatiana Suarez is uh, she 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 won her season of tough. She uh, is also uh, undefeated. She is uh, seven and zero uh, coming into this fight, uh, and uh, has a win over uh, uh, over uh, Chelsea Bailey, who we saw on the Valor card uh, in March, actually, uh, and, and went to a decision with her. And, and she she goes to a lot of decisions, very good, re- like elite level wrestling. But Carla Esparza's got really good wrestling too. Esparza is thirteen and five, uh, and uh, trains out of Team Oyama, of course, out in California. And uh, Esparza is a former champion. You know, she she used to have the title. I, if I'm not mistaken, she was the first champion uh, before. Yeah. In, in the UFC at, uh, at 115 pounds. So uh, her last one was a very close, controversial split decision loss to Claudia Gadelja. A lot of people thought she won that fight. Before that, she'd won two in a row over Cynthia Calvillo and Marina Morose. So uh, she's a vet. She's been around for a long time. She's fought the best. Uh, Joanna, Rose, uh, Pinay, Tisha Torres, Joanna uh, <laughs> Lima. Nasty. You know, that's 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 a lot. Beck Rawlings, you know, Felice Herring, Jessica Aguilar, Nina Ansaroff. There, you, it just Megumi Fuji. Just she's, uh, she's fought everyone. Fucking fought yeah. everybody. <laughs> so uh, you know, she's a vet, um, and uh, you know, Suarez is the is the young up and comer, um, and Suarez is a huge favorite here. Uh, Suarez uh, opened up. Uh, as a minus 350 favorite with Esparza coming back at plus 250, but the money has continued to come in on Suarez even more, and now she's minus 535 with uh, Esparza coming back at plus 420. The total is uh, two and a half at minus 225 with the under two and a half at plus 185. And I got it. I can't ignore the value here on Esparza. Suarez is very good. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to put a half a unit on uh, Carla Esparza at plus 420, so it's a half unit to get back 2.1 units. Justin? I think I'm going to go with you on that. I'm going to do the same thing, half a unit. I think that's, uh, that's a good bet. Same. I wasn't going to play on that one. Yeah, I wasn't going to play on that one. I just think I thought value. Right, right. I agree. I agree because you know, uh, again, if it were a, if it were a pick and fight, then I would I wouldn't do this. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but at plus I mean, four twenty, yeah, we got to take a stab at it. Yeah, if you take off the split decision loss to Claudia Gadelia, you know, really, Carla Esparza should be fighting for a title. She has a win over Rose. She beat Rose in the Ultimate Fighter to win the belt in the first place. 
So, you know, you take off that last loss. It was a split decision. It could have went either way. Um, so then she's on a three-fight win streak right now, and, and you may be seeing her go for Rose. So, yeah, I think it's it's crazy to have her that that far down. I mean, Suarez is a beast, though. That girl is – she's an animal. Um, then we move on to the, the, the main card, the, the pay-per-view portion of UFC 228, and it's opening with a couple bangers. These guys will throw, and I bet we get a finish somehow, some way. Welterweights collide as we have two one-loss uh, guys on the rise. Uh, Nico Price, 12-1. Uh, and one. Uh, he, he will uh, face Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, who is 9-1, and one, and he is a hitter. They're both hitters, man. I think that Nico Price is a, a little more well-rounded. Uh, you know, he's uh, coming out of Florida there. And uh, the last time we saw him, uh, he, he was uh, he beat Randy Brown. And, uh, you know, Randy Brown was a pretty uh, highly touted prospect. And he beat him with a hammer fist from the bottom. Uh, so, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, before that, he had a win over George Sullivan, which after seeing uh, Mickey Gall uh, molest him last time, that wasn't that look nearly as doesn't look nearly as uh, impressive. However, he also has a good win over Alan Jabon. He's really good as well. And uh, his only loss being uh, Vicente Luque, who's, who's who's tough. You know, so uh, Nico, uh, I feel like is a little more uh, a little more well-rounded. Uh, Abdul Razak. Al Hassan, he is he is just a uh, man. He is just a beast. Yeah, they call him Vito Thunder, and he is uh, he's with Team Takedown uh, there in Texas, and he's he's just a hitter, man. He he's got two in a row uh, where he has knocked out the Bahamasi, who's who's a very tough guy. Uh, his uh, lone UFC loss to Amari Akhmedov, who, who's you know got stifling wrestling. Um, he, he's, he's tough, man. And both of these guys are, are just really heavy-handed guys. I really have a hard time seeing this one going all the, the, all the rounds. Uh, Abdul Razak El-Hassan opens at minus 185. Nico Price at plus 145. Uh, the, uh, the odds have uh, shifted down, though, now, as Abdul Razak El-Hassan is now only minus 140 with Nico Price at plus 120. Money coming in on Nico Price, the more known uh, entity, if you will. The total is one and a half rounds, and over one and a half is uh, plus 125, under one and a half, minus 145. I uh, really loved Nico Price at the beginning of the week when we could have gotten him uh, at plus 145, but uh, I still like him now too. Uh, and at plus 120, I'm going to go one unit on Nico Price to win 1.2 back. I think he's more well-rounded and uh, you could potentially sub uh, uh, Al Hassan, if he doesn't get uh, you know plastered in the process, Justin. Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned this or not. He's also got a win over Brandon Thatch, which is pretty big. Um, yeah. All of his his last, let's see what four or five fights he's he's finished them all. Um, you know, he's only got the one loss. I'm going with Nico for one unit as well. So Justin Watson goes with Nico Price. Also, we are in agreement here. One unit gets you back 1.2 units, and uh, that may be uh, maybe a good spot for some people out there. Uh, of course, that uh, moves us into our next bout, another female bout, and this one is going to be straw weights, and it will be Jessica Andrade, uh, top Brazilian fighter, and she'll be taking on Carolina Kovalkiewicz. And uh, that's a fight that I expected to be lined a little bit closer as well, to tell you the truth. Um, 
Uh, Andrade though uh, is 18 and six. She's the number three ranked in the world. Uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, the number five ranked fighter in the world, and she is 12 and two. And now uh, we saw uh, we saw uh, Kovalkiewicz not long ago. Um, actually, it seems like she was on a on a on one of the main cards of pay per view. Yeah, it was a 223. Uh, she beat Felice Herring uh, by by decision. That's a good win. Mm-hmm. You know, her, her loss has come to two of the best in the world. Claudia and Joanna uh, are her only two losses. So she, she's tough. And I didn't expect her to be this big of a uh, an underdog here as the odds opened up with uh, Andrade at minus 280, Kovalkiewicz coming back at plus 200. And now it is even more as Andrade has been bet up to minus 430. Kovalkiewicz is now plus 345 with a total of two and a half. Uh, over two and a half is minus two forty. Under uh, two and a half plus two hundred. Justin. Yeah, this one's wild for me. I, I don't. I wouldn't have imagined that it would be this far apart either. Uh, both of them coming off two lo- or two wins. I'm sorry. Um, and you know, against top opponents, uh, Jessica Andrade just beat Tisha Torres and Claudia Gadelia. She's a monster. I think um, her last loss was against Joanna. I think that fight would go the other way this time. That was a decision. Uh, for Ioana, uh, but you take that out, and she's won in her last six fights. Um, so I just don't see, uh, just don't see Carolina being able to handle the pressure of Andrade. I'm going to take Andrade for one unit. Would that be one for to get back point four three or something? Uh, no, actually, uh, if you're only willing to to risk one unit. Uh, we have to divide one by 4.3, and that gives you 0.3, units return. 0.23, yeah, there you go. 0.23. One unit on Jessica Andrade minus 430 uh, will return Justin uh, 0.23 units. Uh, pretty sure about that when he is. I am going to pass on it um, because um, ultimately I – I do agree with you that I think Andrade is going to get it done. I just really, really don't like those odds getting up there. I mean, that's a man. It's really moved a lot. That means a lot of public uh, opinion is behind uh, behind her. But uh, man, I I just can't pull the trigger giving up those kind of odds myself. And as far as yeah, I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll play on that one um, come this weekend or not. But I wanted to I wanted to give some more odds, so I went on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, one, but yeah. that's why I, that's why I only took one unit. I wasn't willing to risk too much on it. I mean, Carolina's a, a live underdog for sure. Our feature bout is another late replacement. Uh, is Zabit Magomed Sharapov, and he's like the, the you know supposed to be the next big thing. You know, they're really high on this guy. He's been uh, he's been running through everybody they put in front of him. You know, and this one this one will be at 145 pounds as he takes on the late replacement contender series alum Brandon Davis out of Mississippi. Uh, you know, this was uh, man, this is a, a, an uphill climb for for Brandon Davis. He, he's always put on really good, exciting fights. I'll say that all of his fights are really exciting to watch, and he's entertaining, and he's tough. And he's got a good chin, and he comes forward and throws. But I just don't know that he's going to have the wrestling near. Uh, what he needs uh, to fend off uh, Zabit, who is 15 and one coming in uh, to this. Brandon Davis is nine and five, and uh, you know Zabit has uh, come into the UFC and and won three in a row. Uh, that said, he hasn't fought you know the, the best competition yet. He uh, he's got wins over Mike Santiago, Shimon Marais. 
Kyle Bokniak. Bokniak's stock started to rise a little bit in his last fight. But uh, so, you know, Davis is going to be about in line with that uh, level of competition that he has seen up till now. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the wrestling is so good. And, uh, you know, Davis is going to really have to hope to land something and to try to stay off of his back, uh, <clears throat> you know, to even try to make this, you know, a good, exciting, competitive fight. Uh, Davis coming off a loss to Enrique Barzola. Uh, and before that, he uh, beat Steven Peterson, but then he had a loss to Kyle Bokniak, who, uh, you know, who's a beat, uh, beat. So uh, no, no um, surprise that the, is a, he's a big favorite. The beat is uh, minus 1200 on this one. Brandon Davis coming back at plus 775 and there is no total. And this is a complete pass for me. I don't think that uh, the beat um, really, has too many places to worry about losing this fight. I think he's pretty safe everywhere, but minus twelve hundred is just asking for me to go broke. So <laughs> I'm going to pass. How about you? Uh, it's weird to think that that's a minus twelve hundred, and we've still got a bigger favorite coming up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm. I'm with you. I don't, is it beat? I don't know, man. Uh, he's wild. He's fun to watch. He throws all kinds of crazy stuff. But like you said, he hasn't faced top competition yet, and when he does. That stuff's not going to really work as well. I mean, he uh, he slips a lot. You know, he, he misses a lot. Um, opens himself up a lot. I don't think it's going to be a problem in this fight for him. But hopefully, though, you know, he was supposed to fight Yair. And uh, Yair pulled out. I'm not sure. It was an injury. I don't know uh, what it was. But I think uh, we would have been talking about a totally different fight if it would have been Yair. Um, but I think it's probably a, just a walkthrough for him with Davis. But I'm not, I'm not playing on either. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, I would have now the fight with the would have got me pretty excited. Yeah, I would. I yeah, would have been that, pretty pumped that for that. Was a fun for And uh, yeah, this one, I still think you know if Davis can try to try to you know he's enter, entertaining fights, if he, it, but I just don't know if he can keep it standing very long and uh, before he maybe gets submitted uh, or pounded out. So we're both going to pass on that one and just enjoy it. Uh, and maybe we will see Zabit in a, in a in a bigger matchup uh, next time. No disrespect to Brandon Davis at all. Like I said, I'm, I'm always entertained by his fights. Uh, the co-main event is up next. First of two title fights. So these next are going to be five rounds. And this next one has an even bigger favorite than the last one. And it is for the, uh, the flyweight ladies championship, Nico Montano will be the defending champion against the challenger, Valentina Shevchenko. Now, this one, uh, man, I don't know that I, I'm not, I'm sure it's happened and I just don't remember it, but I don't recall a defending champion being this big of an underdog to a challenger ever. I, I, I said, I'm sure it may have happened, but like, I don't remember it. I, you know, but uh, this is the biggest one. It is. Okay. Well, Nico yeah, Montano, I think, What's I think that? the second one was uh, the second one was um, George St. Pierre and uh, Sarah. Matt Sarah. Well, Sarah cashed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard something about that earlier. Sarah cashed some tickets that night. Uh, and that yeah, just goes to sure. show you anything can happen, man. Uh, Nico Montano comes in as the winner of uh, the Ultimate Fighter, in which the winner of that tournament was the world champion. So uh, she is only four and two, though. You know, just really not near the experience as uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who is fifteen and three and the number one ranked uh, flyweight in the world. Uh, and Montano ranked number two, I guess, due with her having the the title and and with wins over uh, Roxanne Montefiore. Barb Honchak, 
was uh, on the show, so it didn't really count towards her uh, her record. That would be an, an exhibition, but also uh, exhibition wins over Monta- Montana De La Rosa, uh, uh, Lauren Murphy, uh, and uh, and a fighter that we know from down in the south, Jamie Milanowski. Uh, who she beat? Uh, I want to say maybe King of the Cage. So uh, you know she she's tough. She really surprised me on the season. I I would have picked against her in pretty much every fight that she had on the Ultimate Fighter, and every time she proved me wrong. So you know who knows she could do it again. But this is a massive jump off a cliff as far as uh, level goes in who she's been competing against as she takes on a vicious uh, Shevchenko uh, who won her last fight by rear naked choke. Uh, back in February, so she's been she's been on the shelf a minute, but um, you know, uh, probably no longer than Nico. Um, you know, the only uh, losses that Shevchenko has taken in her career um, have been to uh, you know, very good opponents. She's got two losses in the UFC to Amanda Nunez. Uh, who is champion now, but at 135, not at 125, uh, you know, she's got a win over Holly Holm. She's got a win over Sarah Kaufman. Uh, you know, so she's fought, you know, very good competition. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, uh, she's probably deserving of uh, being the favorite that she is. And uh, she, op- this one has got crazy line movement, the biggest of all. Uh, Shochiko opened at, uh, at minus 675, which is plenty chalky. And Nika Montano uh, was uh plus 450 return but people have loved that minus 675 enough to bet her all the way up now to minus 1300 Nico Montano now pays back at plus 850 uh, we've got a total of three and a half rounds with the over being minus 105 the under at minus 115 that's somewhat intriguing to me uh, I, I can't play the side here because I do think Shevchenko is going to roll but I just I can't play crazy odds like that um, but the total is somewhat interesting I, I'm not going to make an official play but I really think that the under three and a half rounds um, is it will probably cash. I don't. I think that she will finish Montano in uh, a normal three rounds regulation, if you will. Uh, Justin, uh, man, could you imagine going to the Ultimate Fighter, <clears throat> busting your ass, winning the hardest tournament in the world, winning the title? Now you're the world champion, and the first person you got to fight to defend your title against is Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. It's no. It's not. Fun. I mean. The, the amount of pressure that this girl is under right now, you couldn't even imagine. If she gets out of the first round, it'll be a win, in you know, in my opinion, for her. Mm-hmm. Shevchenko is is a beast. She, I mean, I, I think that she won at least one of those fights with Amanda Nunes. Um, and you know, like like you said, this is her actual weight class. Amanda Nunes is getting ready to fight Cyborg at 145. So imagine the size difference between Nico Montagna and who she just got done fighting. Um, oh yeah, I mean this is going to be this is going to be a really brutal fight. Um, was it, was it Chef Janko that uh, there was that really bad stoppage? I think it was like two hundred and something strikes to five. Do you remember that? Um, that was, uh, I don't know. No, that was the Brazilian chick that got beat up. Well, that um, I feel like that was Chef Janko. It may have been. Was it her last one? Girl. Was it her last one? To, that was a I'm going down I'm trying to find it. Her last one, that uh, Priscilla Cacciere or something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yes, yeah, I'm yes, yes. Sure. I remember watching that and like squirming. And, yeah, and the referee like just let it go and let it go. Everybody was going off on him afterwards. Like the, the same kind of fight. Like you don't know that Priscilla girl. 
you don't know Nico Montagna either. I mean, she was on the Ultimate Fighter, but other than that, she's got a loss to Pam Sorensen. I mean, she's not she's not even really done all that good at a lower level. Um, she just, like you said, she was a dark horse and came through uh, in a big tournament. But Jesus, I, could, I couldn't <laughs> imagine being her right now. Man, you just talked me into making a play on the under three and a half. I got one unit. I got one unit. What did you say it was at? The the total's three and a half. Under is minus one fifteen. Under is minus one fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely go under. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that too. Same. All right. So in our cool yeah. main, we hit where uh, we both suggest that you play the under three and a half. And the more I think about it, the more I freaking love it because. Yeah. I mean, good God Almighty! That three and a half is more than a normal fight. You know, a normal fight is yeah. is, uh, is, a, is a three round fight, and I don't see Montagna getting through that. Where's Montagna out of? No, there's no way, dude. There's no way. There's nobody in this weight class. What's that? There's nobody in this weight class that's going to touch Shevchenko for a while. I mean, it's a brand new weight class, and you've got somebody who could very well be the champion right now at 135. You know, which is at this point pretty well established with some killers, and you know she's at the top of them. Made a split decision, you know, to a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's only lost. She's only lost to the best 135 in the world currently, and now she's gonna go down here and wreck shit at 125. So, did you see any of the the? the, uh, There was a lot of people that were were kind of calling like this fight was supposed to have happened already, I think. And I guess Nico has pulled maybe uh, before on this, and a lot of people were saying Mm -hmm. that she's. She's scared. She, you know, she's wanting to keep that title as long as she can. Any credence to that, you think? Or, or you know, she's just been... Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, if, if my little toe hurt and I had the opportunity to hold on to that belt for a little bit longer before just getting smashed, I mean, it, it's not going to be a fun loss. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, Shevchenko is just absolutely brutal. In that fight with Priscilla, she was beating the hell out of her. I think it was 200 and something strikes to six. And then, you know, she ended up having to put a rear naked on her to finish it to get the ref to stop it. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, you could have scored the Amanda Nunes fight either way. And and now she's fighting basically somebody who, I mean, you could pretty much say this is Montagna's first fight in the UFC. Yeah. 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 And it, there's no uh, simulating that. <laughs> so, yeah. uh that takes us to our main event. Now, this one's a hard one to call for me. It is a, a welterweight uh, world title fight. Uh, of course, at 170 pounds, another five-round bout, and it's going to be defending champion Tyron Woodley, and he's going to be taking on Darren Till, undefeated Darren Till, who's got a lot of hype uh, behind him coming into this. And Till, a very big uh, welterweight, Woodley, just you know, so 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 strong, so such a good wrestler, uh, you know. And this fight opened with Tyron Woodley as the favorite at minus 145. Darren Till at plus 115. The the script has flipped, and now Darren Till is a minus 120 favorite with Woodley coming back at plus 100. The total is four and a half rounds, and uh, and that is even money. Um, uh, pick them at four and a half, if you will. But I, I think it's tough, man. I think both of those are hard lines to, to figure out because, you know, uh, it's going to come down essentially to whether or not Till can fend off the wrestling of, uh, of Tyron Woodley, which is so good, and, and he's a guy that is – it's no secret that he's not out there to uh, risk a loss in uh, in uh, in exchange for putting on a uh, a barn burner fight. He's going to fight the smart fight to get the win. He doesn't care what you think, what the crowd thinks. Uh, he's going to do what he does, and what he does is really good. He's still a really heavy handed guy too. He can he can knock people out, uh, but if he's able to to get uh, Till to the ground, I could see Till 
getting uh, all the way through the five rounds potentially. You know, he's fought in uh, in main events already. Uh, I think. Yeah, uh, dance Poland. Uh, yeah. So, so he has. So, so he has gone. Uh, he's shown he can go on, uh, He can go those rounds. You know. So, um, I could see him sticking it out. I, I, I lean towards Woodley, but not enough to make a play either way. Honestly, uh, it is a no play mm-hmm. all around for me in this main event. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it or not. Uh, Justin, what was the uh, over under on that one? Four and a half is uh, is even. Four and a half. Okay. And what did you say you had the line at? I didn't hear you. I think mine was different. Till is minus one twenty now, and Woodley is even. Yeah, even. Okay, I got Woodley plus one hundred. Even money on Tyron Woodley. You think he gets it done? But gives yep. uh, Till his first loss, huh? Yep, I do. Uh, Tyron. I mean, I don't think Till's fought anybody that can punch as hard as Tyron Woodley. Obviously, Tyron, you know, can wrestle him, take him down, and as far as we know, you know, we don't we don't know anything about Till on the ground. He, you know, he stood up against Cowboy, stood up against. Um, against Wonder Boy, obviously, um, I thought he lost the Wonder Boy fight, honestly. But um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird looking at them in there together because still so much bigger. But I think, especially when once you get into the later rounds, Tyron's just going to kind of drown him. If Tyron gets a hold of him, you know, you might see him might see him go to sleep. He's been knocked out before. Um, you might see it happen again. But yeah, I got so, uh, Woodley one unit. Woodley one unit, very good. So uh, that is our that is our uh, our our straight plays, if you will, uh, for uh, UFC two twenty eight. Again, take them with a grain of salt. Uh, take what you want, leave what you want. Uh, I, I think that uh, there's a, a few little gems in there, hopefully for you guys though. And before we wrap things up, we're going to give our uh, our DraftKings. Uh, selections as well. Of course, DraftKings, you get to select six fighters. Uh, they are assigned salary values, and so you can't just run off and take all these these minus 1,300 favorites, or you're going to spend up all of your salary, and you can't do that. So you got to take some risks here, and uh, we're both going to give you our DraftKings lineup of six. Uh, again, you can, uh, on DraftKings.com, you can get involved in uh, in these contests, and you can play for pretty cheap, and if you, if you play it right, you can win some pretty big money actually so i i suggest everyone uh and follow suit with our uh degenerate asses and and get on there and do it uh i tell you what my my lineup uh is as such i I paid uh you know the 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 top salaries uh in this thing valentina shevchenko uh is uh is the is the biggest favorite uh and costs the most money and i wanted to work her in somehow because i do think she's going to get that favorite like that finish of course uh finishes in uh, DraftKings are worth lots more points. If you get a first round finish, um, that is gives you lots more points than getting, uh, you know, a, a, a really uh, sluggish decision, if you will. So you want people to have the ability to get finishes, get their people out of there and score the most that they can for you. And uh, I, I just couldn't work out a lineup that got uh, that got Shevchenko in there that I was happy with. I was uh, a couple hundred dollars short each way. So I went uh, with the next best thing was to beat uh, Magomed Sharapov, who's $9,400. I think that uh, there is a good chance that he's going to be able to get Davis down and get that submission, hopefully in the first for, uh, for the most points we can get. Uh, I followed that up with uh, – uh, 
four that were just mid-tier uh, people that uh, that I'm hoping can pull out wins. I, I went with, uh, at $8,400, uh, Jimmy Rivera over John Dodson. I think that's a fight that will have a lot of action, a lot of strikes thrown, a good chance it is a decision. So I'm hoping he can rack up some points. Um, in the uh, over the course of the the, the likely 15 minutes um i also took uh, i was on the fence on this one i took um uh, uh razak al hassan uh at $8,300 i think that uh, this fight will most likely end in a knockout one way or the other i i just think that if uh if al hassan gets it it's going to be potentially quick fast brutal and score a lot of points whereas price if he gets it, it may be a little later. Um, you never know, though. Uh, and then I took uh, Cody Stamen. Uh, he's kind of my cheap play at seventy-seven hundred dollars because I think that even if he does lose, uh, it's going to be—he's going to have his moment and it potentially can can rack up some points even if he doesn't uh, get the job done with uh, against Aljamain Sterling. And then in the one that is uh, probably the most far off kilter. I took both Darren Till and Tyron Woodley. Both sides <laughs> of this fight, you can fit into your uh, you can fit into your lineup, and there's a good chance that this fight goes uh, four or five rounds. And over the course of four or five rounds, I'm hoping that both guys have their moments. The takedowns score a lot on DraftKings. You get those are worth a lot, and so I see Woodley getting those takedowns, hopefully racking up the points, uh, and then it, it, we've got a little uh, a caveat, if you will. Till's able to catch him, which I think for Till to be able to win, he's going to have to just like knock him out quick. And so if he does do that, then I'll pick up the points that way. So uh, there you have it. You know, not uh, I, I feel pretty good about that lineup. There's a few things that need to go right for me, but uh, it's a tough it's a tough slate to put together uh, a, a slate of finishers, in my opinion. You know, you're going to have some people that are in decisions in this one. What do you got, Justin? Those are good picks, man. This is really hard. Um, you know doing this, this drafting thing, you gotta, you like to say, you gotta really work it out. Um, just to clarify real quick, I said that, uh, Darren Till's been knocked out. He's undefeated, obviously, at MMA, but he's got a long kickboxing background, so he has been knocked out in kickboxing. Um, my DraftKings, I got, uh, I went with Andrade, Sterling, Dodson, Woodley, Miller, and Price. So, like, pretty much the opposite of me and Brad Six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the same as the people I picked on, uh, you know, that I took for, uh, for butts. Right. Uh, on, right on. Pretty much what I wanted. The only one that I missed was, uh, I can't remember. There was one that I was trying to get. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Shevchenko. I think I was, like, $100 off from getting Shevchenko. Yeah, they don't make it easy on you. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how these goes. We'll, uh, we'll 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 total up our points here next week, and hopefully uh, some of the you know if you find a one that you like to pivot off of, by all means, please do. But uh, you know we'll see how these uh, how these lineups uh, stack up this weekend, and uh, hopefully everybody can can make a little bit of money. We will we'll, we'll we'll dive back into this stuff here next week and see see how everything kind of shakes out, you know, and uh, and see if we lost you a bunch of money or made you a bunch of money. And if we made you a bunch of money, you can send uh-huh. us some of it, and uh, everybody can be happy mark's been quiet throughout this thing for the most part because he doesn't uh involve himself in this type of uh degenerate behavior but if you had to if you had to say one thing with confidence this weekend mark what is for sure gonna happen 
Marlon Morales is going to be there smiling. <laughs> all these dudes are I've already killed other. all these dudes. Yeah, Good luck. Yeah. Whoever wins gets to die next. Good job. <laughs> What's going to happen next weekend? Diego Sanchez is going to sleep. Round one. Thing, one. one thing that Mark says you can count on is Bay Diego Sanchez. So that's not necessarily bad advice. All that Winkler John stuff going on? I don't like it. Oh, he's got some drama in the background too, Mark says. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, uh, he does. Off, so no, Cerrone's been around. Cerrone's been around. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of a lot of drama at his gym. So we'll see. I'm gonna. I'm excited for his entrance event. Probably all he gets. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's gonna wrap it up for another episode of the Valor Hour. This is episode 78. We'd like to thank our guest Chandler Cole for joining us. Of course, thanks to our great sponsors at uh, OEB Oval Elrod Real. Let them turn your wreck into a check at wreckintoacheck.com. If anybody's screwed you over, they will get you some damn money and make you feel better about it. <laughs> Uh, of course, also thanks to the two national top roller and uh, and uh, to all our listeners out there, you know, keep this thing rolling, share it, subscribe it. Uh, let's get the word. Let's get more and more people involved in these conversations. Uh, thanks again to my co-hosts, Mark Walls and Justin Watson. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Valor Hour, episode seventy-eight. We're out. For more information on upcoming events, visit valorfights.com or find them at Valor Fights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd, Quick Fix, on Radio Influence. I'm really looking forward to the preliminary card uh, of this fight card. You know, I, I like the main event uh, of Tyron Woolley versus Darren Till. The, the rest of the pay-per-view, eh, kind of lukewarm on it. Uh, but when I look at these prelims, which, by the way, the televised prelims are on FX, not FS1 or FS2. They are on FX. Uh, a lot of, I mean, I think you look at those final three matchups on, on the FX prelims, Rivera Dots and a Sterling Stamen, Esparza Suarez. I mean, those are, this is probably one of, if not the best, uh, pay-per-view television prelim card the, the UFC has put on this year. Yeah, like seriously, the fights you just mentioned are the third, uh, are the second through fourth best fights on the card. <laughs> you go the championship fight, and then you go those three FX fights, and some of it is due to the fact that you have a women's flyweight division uh, that has a champion, and Nico Montagna, who who you know is a major major underdog against an absolute warrior in Shevchenko. So that fight's just not interesting, and then. Obviously, Zabit Magomed Sharapov was in line for a fight that would have cracked that top four against Jair Rodriguez. That fight's out. Then we get him against Brandon Davis. You know, really the only fight that's interesting to me on that main card is Andrade and Kovalkiewicz. But that fight itself really pales in comparison to those three fights you did mention. You know, Rivera and Dawson to me is just a great bantamweight fight. Same goes for Stamen and Sterling. And then Suarez Esparza is a high-level women's strawweight fight that has a little sprinkle of Joe Silva matchmaking in there with Tatiana Suarez in the star-making spot. And there's even a part of me that is going to make sure I tune in live on Fight Pass to watch, according to him, future UFC champion Diego Sanchez take on Craig White. I cannot wait for that one. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com. 